Welcome to Meeting with God. Meeting with God is the radio teaching ministry of Vertical Church in Columbus. We're in the middle of a series called Holy Spirit in Me, Our Relationship Unleashed. And today we're going to listen to the first part of a message called Holy Spirit, My Supernatural Helper. Let's turn our attention to John chapter 14. A few weeks ago, we started our new series on the Holy Spirit, which is the Holy Spirit in me, our relationship unleashed, talking about what is it to have relationship with the Holy Spirit. Now, theologically, we know that uh, the Holy Spirit is the third member of the Trinity. We also know that he's the third person of the Trinity. Those are well known and documented from Scripture throughout doctrine, What does that practically mean uh, in our lives for real? That's why we're studying this series. Uh, Most of us know that the purpose of the Spirit is to help us be a witness for Jesus Christ. That's Acts 1.8. We also know that the Holy Spirit came to give us power so that we could be the witness, that we could have an impact uh, through uh, the Holy Spirit. But as I said a few weeks ago, that really depends on the presence of the Holy Spirit in us And really understanding what it means to have relationship with the Holy Spirit. That's one of the most difficult things, I think, for most Christians to wrap their minds around, let alone live out. Uh, The fact that the Holy Spirit teaches me, leads me, speaks to me, gives to me, empowers me, and so on and so forth. All things that come right out of Scripture. Now, this relationship, as I said, this is perhaps the least understood And perhaps the most important aspect of spirit-filled living toward a trajectory of glorifying Jesus Christ. This concept of having relationship with the Spirit is terribly difficult to get our minds around. Few of us have heard a ton of teaching, and I put my hand up along with that. And yet I believe is the key to effective witness for Jesus Christ. And that's what the Holy Spirit came to do. Now, some of us might be asking, well, how do I relate to the Spirit without a concept of who He is or what He does? How do I relate to Him if I don't have any uh, hooks, if you will, to put my minder on or hang things on of, 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 of who is He? What is He like? Is he, he's not a force. He's not, what is He? Okay. Now, I thought we'd just start out the service with a quiz. I know it's early still for some of you. Okay, I want to ask you this question. I want you to help me with something. Okay, we understand the first member of the Trinity, the second member of the Trinity, and the third member, or the first, second, and third person of the Trinity. One God, three persons. If you figure that out, you must be in heaven. It's a little bit of a mystery at this point. But the three persons of the Trinity, I want us to, if you had one word, only one word, to describe the functional relationship between that person of the Trinity and you, what would it be? Now, help me here for a minute. The first person of the Trinity, what is the one word we would use to give a functional relationship? Father. That's great. This is going to be a really easy sermon. The second member or second person of the Trinity. What is one word we could use to describe the functional relationship we have? And we're supposed to give out my notes until later. Um, great, so you're, you're, you're acing this test. Now let's go for the third person of the Trinity. What is the one word we could use to describe the functional relationship we have? 
Great. You've looked, you've cheated and looked at um, your sermon notes, which is perfect. I love when people come to church dialed in. Let's look at that, but not in our own ideas. Let's go look right at scripture. John chapter 14, verse 15 says, Jesus speaking, says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments and I will ask the father and he will give you another helper. Notice that that's capitalized in your Bible. The Holy Spirit is just as much a member of the Trinity, is just as divine as the Father. I'll give you another helper who will be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Now, when Jesus says that we're going to receive a helper, what is he talking about? Does that mean that we're going to have a sidekick with us? You know, Tonto, is it Tonto the helper? You know, or does it mean I'm going to have somebody uh, kind of like a cleaning guy or cleaning lady that comes to my house and kind of helps me? Uh, Somebody that I maybe would look at as an equal? What does it mean when in God's word says that a helper is going to be coming? Well, I want to tell you this. The helper you're receiving is not uh, someone that's just like an equal. You're receiving help from the God of the universe. That's pretty awesome. What is this concept of helper? Let me put a little meat on the bones here, so to speak. In the Greek, it comes from the word parakleton, which means mediator, intercessor, advocate, counselor. Really, I like the word advocate or helper is another word you could use. Uh, It's basically the term surrounding a legal advocate, a legal advocate. Now, if you wanted to say this very simplistically, you could say that the Holy Spirit is one of the principal partners in the uh, firm, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that specializes in redemptive law. That's a way of thinking about it. That's a parameter. Like, who is this helper? He's like an advocate. Well, how do we go beyond that? Notice that Jesus says here in the text, he says in verse 17, the world does not know him and cannot receive him, but you do know him and he will be in you. Now think about that for a minute. It says that the world does not know him. I don't know if you've ever tried to share your faith with someone or tried to explain the gospel or maybe of a family member or a friend or a coworker, and you're trying to share the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ with them and you feel like you're getting nowhere. Like how, why is it that they can't wrap their minds around what I'm trying to say? Like it's so important that they get this. Well, I'm going to tell you something. If the Holy Spirit is not in them, it's exactly why they're not getting it. But notice that it says, all the world does not know him and and really doesn't get him in any way. Notice that Jesus said that even though the disciples did know him, and that was before the Holy Spirit was even in them, they knew him. Well, how did they know him? Well, he was in Jesus Christ. We know that from Scripture. Now, here's the interesting thing. While the world does not know him and will never know him, and by that, if anybody's in the world, meaning they're not a believer in Jesus Christ, they don't understand, they don't know the Holy Spirit, it's all foggy. The sad thing is that in the church, it's not much different, okay? And Jesus said, you know, and how many people in the church could say they really have a great idea of what the ministry of the Holy Spirit is? Most people, if they were honest, most of us, if we were honest, could say, I, I, I know we talked about him at baptism, Ah, beyond that, I'm not really sure. That's not good. 
That's why we're going to God's word in the next few weeks to really grasp what is it that God wants. Beyond that, uh, the, the Holy Spirit, when it comes to the Spirit, ignorance is expected of a non-believer, uh, but I believe, especially on the authority of Jesus Christ, that God expects us to know some things about the Spirit. Okay, It's not just that we don't know, oh well, it's we don't know, let's fix it. Okay, And that's why we're going to God's word Uh, together. Now, why do we have such a hard time grasping this concept of the Holy Spirit? I was thinking about that. The Holy Spirit's kind of like wireless. He's there, but he's kind of not really there. But I know he's there, but sometimes he's not. Is he there? That's how we feel. How many of you have been out and you're, you're out driving through the country on vacation or something and you're having a great conversation with someone while the, while the um, farms pass by and the miles go by and all of a sudden, boom, you lose somebody. Well, it wasn't like you just unplugged or anything, right? It wasn't like, the, I don't want to talk anymore. I'm going to hang up on them. But all, boom, they're gone. Well, the wireless, it, it was there, but now it's not there. And sometimes that fogginess, if I can't fix it, how many bars do I have? I, I guess that's how I know it's there. I, I see evidence of it on my phone, but I can't control it. It's something I can't see. That is why I believe the Holy Spirit sometimes is very confusing to us. But God's heart for us is to engage the Holy Spirit. And how do we respond to this relationship that sometimes is foggy in our head as this wireless? Like, I can't put my hands around it. I can't see it. I can see what happens when it... It's kind of like the wind, which Scripture uses a picture of the Holy Spirit. I can see when it's been here. If you've lived in Florida, you know when it's been there. Or if you have a tornado, well, you can see a tornado. That doesn't count. But the wind comes and does things, and I see its presence. I see the effect of its presence, but I can't see it. That's why it's sometimes a little bit hard for us to wrap our minds around it. Well, as I've said before, listen, ignorance is not bliss. Ignorance is just ignorance. And I want us to get started from God's word. Notice that in the text here it says, Jesus said, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. Another helper. That's a great clue right there. The way that we can best understand what the Holy Spirit is going to be doing is starting with the first helper, which is Jesus Christ. But you're going to see in a minute, there's even so much more going on. This is Pastor Luke Aarons from Vertical Church Columbus. If you're listening to Meeting with God, you're clearly interested in God's Word. One of the great joys of my life is seeing people grow together in God's Word on a weekly basis. And these messages are a part of our weekend services. If you don't have a church family, let me invite you to join us this weekend. Our church home is located in Columbus near Route 315 and Henderson Road. Details are available at verticalchurch.life. Let me ask just a quick question here. Jesus said he was going to send the spirit, that he was going to leave, and then the spirit would come. But let me ask you this question. If we could just have a vote. How many of us would vote that we would trade the presence of the Holy Spirit on earth for Jesus to personally be back on earth. Think about that for a minute. I'm voting on that. Can you imagine if Jesus was in Jerusalem physically? Now given, he might not, I mean, the presence of the Spirit wouldn't be all over the world in the same sense. But Jesus on earth, I can see him on TV. He writes a blog. I can see the blog. I can see his effect in politics. I can see it. I want to see it. I think most Christians, I would say 99.9% of Christians, if given that option without understanding the Holy Spirit, would for sure vote on that without even thinking twice. Oh, but let's just see what Jesus says. Now, we're going to flip around here in John just a bit. I hope you have your Bible open, or if you're using your iPhone, you're going to have to type fast. 
Go to chapter 16, page over, chapter 16, verse 7. Jesus says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Now, I believe in Jesus Christ, even when I don't understand it. And if Jesus Christ says that it's to my advantage, it's to your advantage, it's to our advantage for the Holy Spirit to be here rather than Jesus Christ in person, I'm standing on what Jesus said. It's got to be an advantage. I don't understand it completely yet, though, as we get into God's word, I believe we will. But it's an advantage. Look down to verse 13. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. Love in here that it says that he will guide you. How many of us have felt lost at times? Lost in scripture, lost in life, lost in the Christian walk? He's a guide. He's a guide. Then look down at verse 14. It says, he will glorify me. The spirit will glorify Jesus Christ, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. How awesome to know that we will be able to glorify Jesus Christ more as the result of him being in heaven and the Holy Spirit being here. One more thing, although there's many more I could talk about, look at back at verse, uh, chapter 14, verse 26. Chapter 14, verse 26. More on the helper. I hope you got your, I, I have a purple pen here that I highlight purple. It's really easy for me to find the verses on the Spirit. Hope you guys have found a pen and you're kind of uh, doing that. It makes it so much easier to study the Holy Spirit when you can see it quickly. Chapter 14, verse 26 says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and will bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. That's pretty awesome. We've all had good teachers in our lives, which we owe much to. I hope that you feel that I'm teaching you clearly from God's word. I'm gonna tell you, there's times where I'm going through scripture as a pastor and all the commentaries in the world don't really help you get your mind around what you're trying to understand. There's times where I've increasingly said, Holy Spirit, you're the one that's supposed to be teaching me right now. Would you help me to understand and wrap my simple mind around this great truth? And it's amazing how God will bring, but the Spirit will bring and teach. The Spirit is here to teach. So many good things we could go on and on. We will be over the weeks to come. Listen, listen. All the content in the world that I could give you, if I talked for uh, 10 hours and preached, or 20 hours and preached the whole series in one day, it would make a lot of people really frustrated, especially in children's ministry. If I were to do that all today, if you don't realize one thing, it won't help you. None of it will help you. If you don't see the fact and realize the fact and engage the fact that you need a helper. Now, there's two ways to say something I'm going to say here in a second. One is really positive and one is really negative. And I think if you've ever had somebody say to you, oh, you, need, you need help, okay? I can say it like that. I could even add more to it. Um, brother, brother, you need help. You need help. Now, what am I saying right now? I can't help you. You're needing professionals if they can even help you. You're in a ditch, and it's a deep ditch, okay? You need help. But then what if I turned around and I said it a little bit differently? Same words, different tone. Hey, you need help? Need help? How many of us like that, right? When you're coming in from the van and you're bringing the groceries in and you grab one too many bags and stuff starting to spill over and somebody walks up and says, hey, you need help? 
Thank you. Awesome. Okay? Now, whether you feel like you're in a place where your life is more like what I just said now over here to Chris, which is, you need some help. Or whether you're just like, um, yeah, I need some help. I need some help. The Holy Spirit can help in every situation. The Holy Spirit gives help to, for power over sin. The Holy Spirit gives guidance. The Holy Spirit gives direction. Spirits, scripture says that we are to be led by the Spirit. Scripture says that uh, we can be taught by the Spirit. We're empowered by the Spirit. So much is given to us by the Spirit. Uh, but most of us have our wireless devices, if you will, turned off because we don't understand. How sad. The helper, the helper. As we're learning about the Holy Spirit, I want to ask you, are you willing to open yourself up to help from the helper? That's a really big question, because if you're not willing to open yourself up to help from the helper, you won't get help in most cases. Think about this. Imagine a Home Depot setting for a minute. And I'll kind of compare that to our response sometimes to the Holy Spirit. I'll just tell you what I do when I'm in Home Depot. We'll just leave it at that. First, sometimes I'm confused. I'm not sure if that teenager really knows things about serious buzz saws. Okay? I'm confused. Can he help? Can he not? Do I want to trust him? He tells me that this one is a little more expensive, but it's worth the money. I'm not so sure. I'm confused. Or, or, sometimes we don't ask for help because we just simply don't want it. I don't want help. I don't want to be different. I don't want to be, I like, I like how I have things right now. I don't want to go deeper. I don't want, I just don't want help. I just avoid help, okay? And here's the reason why, number three, why I easily do avoid help. But sometimes we replace help. And this is one of the most dangerous things that happens in the Christian life. When people replace the Holy Spirit as the helper, okay? Um, you're kind of, the, if you find yourself in that place, maybe I find myself in my, that place, it's the do-it-yourselfer, I don't need help. I'll help myself. I'm going to get my, I'm going to, I pulled myself up by my bootstraps in my education or in my career or in my uh, ability to play softball or whatever I've done. I've pulled myself up. I'm going to help myself now. God helps those who help themselves. The devil wrote that. We don't get help because of our pride. I'm too proud. Or here's the other one. This is the one I can identify with a lot when I'm at Home Depot. I'm ashamed. I'm too embarrassed to ask for help. I don't want to ask for help about that. He's going to look at me and go, you don't know what that is? Oh, that's right over here in aisle 19. You walked past it. They're huge. See the huge display right there? You don't know how to use that? Your dad didn't tell you when you were five years old how to use a screwdriver and to use that and to put that in the wall? Really? Okay. That's what I'm thinking. That's not what he's thinking or she's thinking. But sometimes we don't get help from God because we're too embarrassed to ask. We're too ashamed. I don't want help with that area in my life. I don't want to talk to somebody in my small group. I don't want to talk to a pastor. I don't want to talk to my friend. I don't want to talk to my spouse because I'm too embarrassed about the fact that either I failed or that I don't have an ability to put it back together myself. I'm ashamed. One of the devil's best tricks is to keep people in shame forever because they never find the help that is so freely offered by the grace of God. And I walk down the aisles of Home Depot for a half an hour and start getting texts, where are you? Did you get lost? <laughs> no, I'm still looking for the knobs that you sent me out for. Listen, God doesn't want us walking through life without the help of the Holy Spirit. 
And if we do it, especially if you do it after the sermon series is over, you're doing it because you chose to do it. You're choosing to walk on your own when God has so freely given you the Holy Spirit. What do we do about that? How do we apply this, Luke? I'll jot this down in your notes. The Holy Spirit is my supernatural helper. The Holy Spirit is my supernatural helper. I want to encourage you to do two things. First, you need to believe Jesus Christ. If Jesus Christ said, you need a helper, well, stop acting like his word isn't true and you can do it on your own or you can avoid him or you can get around him. Listen, I need to obey Jesus Christ. We need to obey Jesus Christ. If we need a helper and he tells us we need a helper, what do we need? A helper. We need to respond to him in that. Second of all, we need to open our hearts to receive help. We need to humble ourselves. Some of us have a really hard time asking for help. Some of us have a really hard time asking help because we've asked for help before and not gotten the help we needed. Sometimes we have a hard time asking for help because we've asked for help before and the people that were supposed to help us didn't help us. You might be saying, Luke, I want to. I want to have help. How do I? But how? How? Well, today I'm going to talk about the helper in salvation here for a few minutes. How does the Holy Spirit work in us through this process of salvation? The rest of the series will flesh it out. Let's start quickly. Once you spin over to Titus chapter 3, verse 5. And as you're going over there, I want to mention this to you. There's three major parts in salvation. We talked about one of them during communion, justification. That's the moment at which the penalty of sin is removed. When I embrace Jesus Christ as my Savior, and I am forgiven of my sin, and the Holy Spirit comes into my life, I'm justified. I'm legally forgiven. That's justification. Then sanctification as it's popularly taught, I'll add that. A sanctification, now that word in Scripture can mean a lot of different things, but theological term sanctification means the time where I'm progressively growing into the image of Jesus Christ. It's after salvation, but before I'm in eternity with him, and I'm perfected completely. Sanctification. Then there's glorification, where the full reality of salvation is seen. That's in the presence of the Lord. The presence of sin is permanently removed. And we are with the Lord. Now let's look here at Titus chapter 3, verse 5. Scripture says, I'll start in verse 4, but when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by, watch this, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. Now, you should see right there of the ministry of the Holy Spirit in coming to know and follow Jesus Christ. It says that we have the washing of regeneration. Uh, That's the washing of, you want an easier word than regeneration, just write in rebirth, okay? It's an inner washing. It's the washing of, the baptism is kind of an external thing we do as a symbol, but what's talking about here is where the Holy Spirit washes me of my sin, where I'm clean. Some people come to know Jesus Christ, and one of the things they notice the most at the beginning is, I'm clean on the inside. I've never had this freedom and this peace on the inside that my sin is gone. It's covered. It's clean. I'm clean. And scripture says here that the Holy Spirit washes us in regeneration. That word rebirth means, if you go back to other places in Scripture, the Spirit gives life. John 3 talks about rebirth, being born of the Spirit. And the Spirit takes part in that. The Spirit also, notice here it says, uh, of renewal. It's the process of making new. 
The Spirit is the one that God uses to work in us to bring us to salvation. I'm just going to tell you something. You might be preaching the gospel to somebody and teaching them about God's word, and you're like, why did you get it? Why did you get it? This is so awesome. Why don't dead people understand the truth? Well, I'm going to tell you, we have some doctors, great doctors here in this audience. You can take a whole bag full of medicine. You can take a whole truckload of medicine into a cemetery, but it's not going to help you. They're dead. The same is true spiritually of a person who does not have the Holy Spirit at work in their lives. They're dead. They don't get it. But then the Holy Spirit comes and begins to work. And then our eyes are open to the truth. And we see the gospel. And then in faith, we respond and we believe and we are saved. That's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Why don't you make a note of this? The Holy Spirit is the supernatural helper helping me move from death to life. so much for listening to Meeting with God, the radio ministry of Vertical Church in Columbus, Ohio, located at 1290 Old Henderson Road. Vertical Church is not only passionate about the preaching of God's Word, but also praying for God to work in the lives of those in our church, our city, and our world. If you have a prayer request, we would love to pray for you. Please take a moment and head to our website, verticalchurch.life, and visit our prayer wall. There you can leave a prayer request, either publicly or anonymously, and you can know that Vertical Church will be praying for you. As always, we hope to find you here tomorrow at the very same time for your meeting with God. Meeting with God is the teaching ministry of Vertical Church Columbus. For more information, go to verticalchurch.life.